Hello, I'm Stephen Mansfield. Welcome to Derek Prince Legacy Radio. Derek Prince Legacy Radio, a broadcast outreach of Derek Prince Ministries, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of author and Bible teacher Derek Prince. Your guide to the Derek Prince Legacy is New York Times best-selling author and speaker Stephen Mansfield. Well, hello to you on this Tuesday. Thanks for spending some time with us here at Derek Prince Legacy Radio. We are in the eighth week of a 10-week series by Derek Prince called Laying the Foundation, and he's talking to us this week about at the end of time. Man, it's so helpful for us to think in terms of the end, end of history, end of our lives, and to look at our lives accordingly. Today, he's going to talk to us about biblical prophecy and how it was fulfilled literally in Jesus. Let's listen. I next want to point out to you that it's very important that we have a basic understanding of biblical prophecy. Unfortunately, so many people have been turned off by false, flashy, shallow interpretations of prophecy, and they've really lost confidence. Well, don't let that happen to you. Don't let the misuse of something good turn you away from something good. For instance, in my lifetime, which has been quite lengthy, I've seen all the gifts of the Spirit misused at one time or another, but that has not cause me to despise the gifts of the Spirit. It's just make me more careful as to how I use them. The same is true of biblical prophecy. We need it. Without it, I'll show you, we're stumbling in the dark. But we need to be careful how we apply it. Now I'm going to turn to Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19, 20, 21. We also have the prophetic word made more sure. The prophetic word is the prophecies of the Bible, the written prophecies. Not talking about the gift of prophesying now, although that's got its place in our lives, but I'm talking about the written prophecies of Bible. The written word made more sure, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Notice that. You cannot afford to despise the prophetic scriptures because Peter says you do well to give heed to pay attention to them because they're a light shining in a dark place. The world in which we live today is undoubtedly a dark place. Furthermore, it's getting darker. We need a light that will guide us through the darkness. The light that's God provided is the prophetic revelation of Scripture. Now, you can be wonderfully saved and a good Christian but be walking in the dark because you haven't used and availed yourself of the light of prophecy. And if you walk in the dark, you'll stumble over things you needn't run into and you won't really know where you're going. You won't really understand what's happening all around you. That's through failure to apprehend the truth of the prophetic word. It is extremely important. And then Peter says we need to give heed to it until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That's not the coming of Jesus. This is an inner, subjective, personal experience where the morning star that immediately precedes the rise of the sun shines in our hearts. And you know what it does? It tells us Jesus is coming back. And we get excited. Dear brother and sister, if you've never been excited about the return of the Lord, it hasn't meant much to you. It's the only hope for humanity. Nothing else can ever meet all the desperate needs of the human race. People talk about this as pie in the sky. I don't believe it. I believe it's totally realistic. In fact, I believe it's utterly unrealistic to expect politicians to solve the problems of humanity. They've been trying a long time, and it seems to me the mess is worse than it used to be. I think it's unrealistic to expect a human solution to the problems of humanity. That is the teaching of humanism, but humanism is an anti-Christian force which is at work in most world governments today. So we need prophecy, all right? Have I convinced you of that? 
And Peter goes on to say it doesn't originate with men, but it comes from God. Now let me quickly give you two keys to understanding biblical prophecy. Problem with me in this is if I get into it, I find it hard to get out of it. But in Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, Moses said to the children of Israel, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So Moses said there are two kinds of things, the secret things, the things that are revealed. He says the secret things belong to God, nobody can understand them. The things that are revealed are for us to act on. Now I think the main reason why people mess up the study of prophecy is they're trying to understand the secret things. And at the same time, they're not obeying the things that are revealed. When I speak on prophecy, almost always, somebody comes up to me afterwards and says, pre, mid, or post. You know what that means? Pre-tribulation, mid-tribulation, post. You know what I answer? I don't know. <laughs> and I'm not ashamed. Furthermore, I don't believe anybody knows. I don't believe even Jesus knows. Because it says of that day and that hour, no one knows. Not even the Son, only the Father. So if I don't know something that Jesus doesn't know, it doesn't embarrass me, you see. The problem is people wanting to know things that can't be known. And you know what the motivation behind that is? Pride. That's the most dangerous of all motivations. If we have revealed truth and obey it, God will give us more. If we don't obey it, he won't give us any more. You say, God, well, please show me next. He says, you haven't acted on what I've already shown you. Why should I show you anymore? So that's the key to the effective use of biblical prophecy. Get to know the things that God wants us to understand. And don't bother God about the things that he doesn't want us to understand. And secondly, whatever God reveals to you, obey it. Act on it. In my opinion, one clear revelation of biblical prophecy is contained in Matthew 24:14. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. So when will the end come? When this gospel of the kingdom has been preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. Whose job is that? Ours. I'm glad you said that. Now, if we're not working on that, if we're not obeying that revelation, why should God tell us anymore? But you begin to work on that revelation. You begin to devote yourself in whatever way is appropriate to getting the gospel of the kingdom out to all nations. You'll be surprised what God will show you next. But if you haven't acted on that, why should he show you anymore? He won't. More to come as Derek Prince Legacy Radio continues. Coming to faith in Jesus Christ is a life-changing process, one that lays a stable foundation upon which you can build a whole new life. In his book, At the End of Time, Derek Prince helps you lay that foundation. You'll learn the biblical steps to strengthen your faith and move into your life in Christ with power and certainty. As a companion to this special radio series, we want to send you a copy of Derek's book, At the End of Time, free and postage paid. Call 800-448-3261. That's 800-448-3261. In Canada, 888-737-0771. Build a strong foundation. 800-448-3261. That's 800-448-3261. In Canada, 888-737-0771 or visit us online at DerekPrince.org. Now, we're going to come back to a picture of the close of this age. I'm going to make certain general statements about what the kind of things that will be going on as this age comes to a close. I believe we're very near the close of the age. That's my personal opinion. I don't want to set dates 
But I could believe that within the next 50 years, everything that's written in the book will have happened. I'm not saying it will, I'm saying I could believe it could. Now I want to take certain fe features of the close of the age. I'll give you three significant scriptures. Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 and 2. What I want to say is, as the age comes to a close, righteousness and wickedness will both be on the increase. Righteousness will flourish, and so will wickedness. Light will shine, and there will be great darkness. We've got to get adjusted to this antithesis between these two things of light and darkness, righteousness and wickedness. Now in Isaiah 60, verses 1 and 2 and 3, the Lord is speaking to his people, and he says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. That's a promise for God's people at the close of the age. The glory of God will shine upon us. And in the midst of the dense darkness that is surrounding us on all sides, that is covering all nations, those who have a heart for truth will come out of the darkness to the people of God to seek the light. But don't expect the darkness to end. It will continue and it will grow deeper. But the light will get brighter. And there's one wonderful fact about light and darkness which goes right back to the creation. Wherever light meets darkness, who wins? Light, that's right. Just bear that in mind. We win, <laughs> if we're the light. Then the parable of the wheat and the tares. I won't go into that reading from it because time is running out, but the parable is about a farmer who sowed good seed in his field, and then in the night an enemy came and sowed tares, weeds, that apparently look like wheat, but they, there's just one thing, they don't have any fruit. They don't produce anything you, that's worth having. And the, the, the workers in the field said, well, shall we go and pull up the tares? And the farmer said, no, because when you try to pull up the tares, you may pull up some of the wheat. Let them both grow together to harvest. And then interpreting the scripture, Jesus says the harvest is the end of the age. He says at the end of the age, the angels will come forth and sever the wicked from among the righteous. The wicked will be bound up in bundles and cast into the fire the righteous will shine as sons in the kingdom of their father. But bear in mind that right up to the close of the age, the wheat and the tares will be growing up side by side. And that's not speaking about the, the pagan world. This is speaking about professing Christendom, because that's what it's talking about. In that situation, both wheat and tares will grow side by side. And if you want to be sure you're wheat and not tares, check on the fruit that you're producing, because that's the difference. The church is not going to be fully purified until the end of the age. And then we're not going to do it. I'm glad I don't have to do it. The angels are going to do that. And then in Revelation 22, right near the end of the scripture, a word from Jesus himself. Revelation 22, verses 10, 11, and 12. He, the angel that brought the revelation, said to me, Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unrighteous, let him be unrighteous still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. That's a remarkable statement, since it comes from God. God is saying, in effect, if you want to be unrighteous, go on. You don't have long, live it up. If you want to be filthy, be still more filthy. But if you're righteous, be still more righteous. If you're holy, be still more holy, because this is the parting of the ways. 
You know, when Derek teaches this, it makes me want to have a relationship with Jesus. It makes me want to know him in the way that the Bible describes. I don't want to worship him just as a a figurine on a cross. I don't want to worship somebody who's far removed. I want to know him as the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy, as the Christ, the Son of the living God, sent into my life. Hey, that's all the time we have for today. For everyone at Derek Prince Ministries, I'm Stephen Mansfield. Join us again tomorrow as the legacy continues. For more information about anything heard on today's program, give us a call at 800-448-3261. That's 800-448-3261. In Canada, call 888-737-0771. Derek Prince Legacy Radio is produced by Derek Prince Ministries in association with Audio Aviators. Visit us securely online at DerekPrince.org.